This is head coach of the Tampa Bay Vipers, Mark Tressman, and this is the XFL Show. This is the future. This is not the past. The new XFL will kick off in 2020. If you smell what the XFL is cooking. It's still football, but it's professional football reimagined. This is our moment, our story to tell. This is history begun. This is the XFL! Welcome, football fans. This is February 4th, 2020. This is for the love of football, and this is the XFL Show. I'm Alan. I'm Jake. I'm Vince. And I'm Bryant. It is officially week one of the XFL season. So it's time to roll up our sleeves and roll out our final predictions for the upcoming season. This is episode 110. Who's going to do it? Who's going to win it all? We're predicting it all. The big awards, the champions, the superlatives are flying because, Jake, I believe with what? As of the release of this podcast, we're about four days away from kickoff. Uh, That would make us what? I have to correct you. We are closer than ever (laughs) to kickoff. Yes, sir. Closer than ever. And I don't know if I'm ready, but I'm going to have to be because at the end of this show, Vince, we are going to give our predictions for who will win MVP, Coach of the Year, XFL Champions 2020. Yeah, there's a lot to talk about here. we got to get all of our season predictions out of the way because next week, or uh, next uh, show, I should say, we'll be talking about this first week of games. Uh, we're going to have you know four outstanding matchups to break down, but you know here we're going to be looking into the future a little bit. Yes, and we're going to go through the whole season, look, give you our team records for each of the eight teams. Our next show, like Vince said, uh, coming out, Late Thursday night, that is going to be a breakdown of all the Week 1 games, so that'll be a proper Week 1 episode. This one is basically our preseason finale, Bryant. I know that you're ready to be a papa. You're ready to be a dad. You're, like, sitting at the hospital doing this show, I believe, just waiting for your your new baby (laughs) to get born. But even more so, I know you're anticipating Saturday almost as much. Yeah, I'm ready to be an XFL a fanatic. I'm ready to be a father. It's all coming together. Uh, what a glorious week to be uh, a fan of football. Uh, yes, the NFL is over, but we got so much more coming up. Uh, Alan, I can't wait. We've done these predictions before, but now we've got some validity to them. Uh, we got rosters. We have uh, schemes. We have the visual tests. So I'm ready to get these predictions out of the way because we got games coming up here pretty soon. Yeah, and we like you said, we've gotten our eyeballs on some teams and some players and maybe a little bit glimpses at schemes. So I think I'm more educated making my guesses. I don't know about you guys, and I'm ready to make these predictions. Those will be coming up at the end of the show, so get ready, get set. We want to hear from you at XFL Show on Twitter and let us know who you have. We want to know your preseason prediction. Lock them in before the season starts and kicks off this Saturday. Who do you have? As your league MVP, who's going to be the coach of the year and who is going to win the whole shebang? We're going to go through all that. Also, Jake, we're going to have an interesting uh, prediction on who Mr. XFL will be. I don't know if you're ready to predict that, but you're going to have to. 
Well, I'm d- I'll tell you now, I'm definitely not ready. <laughs> I have no idea what the criteria is. I think it's we're all going to have criteria. our own. <laughs> it's whatever you want it to be, man. Mr. XFL also will be predicted on this episode. Also coming up on this show, defensive lineman for the St. Louis Battlehawks, Jake Payne, will join us. We're going to ride the Payne train for our good crisp interview this week as the Battlehawks get ready to play the Renegades on Sunday. Jake Payne is a guy who played last spring in the AAF, Bryant. He's now in St. Louis on that huge defense, and you're going to hear from him in a little bit. He he even thinks, just like we saw, that defense is going to be something special. Yeah, and I believe he was with the Iron uh, in the AAF, one of the better defenses in that league. So I'm really excited to hear what he has to say. Yes, I'm excited to hear from a St. Louis Battlehawk. Wow, that's a first. That's 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 going to be a, a, a first of many firsts. Week one of the XFL. Let's get it started. Remember, follow us at XFL Show. We've got the voicemail XFL fan line open for you as well. People are starting to call that a whole lot more. 724-565-4XFL. And we're going to try to answer some of the questions that people were asking on the XFL fan line throughout the show. So let's get it started. Watching football wouldn't hurt. It wouldn't hurt. Who is hyped to see the XFL ad during the Super Bowl? Who's hyped to see those ESPN ads? It feels real because it is real. Kickoff is this weekend, and now there is an official XFL app out in the iOS and Google Play stores. You can download it to your mobile device and stay on top of the league all season long, Bryant, and find us there as well on the XFL app. It's probably great timing, too, for the XFL because I don't know if you all noticed, but they had a huge explosion in social media uh, right after kickoff on the, in the Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah, people were hitting us up. We we blew up with some followers. We appreciate people hopping on the bandwagon. Uh, football is not over, as the as the ads were saying, and, and that was awesome to see the commercial on the Super Bowl. Really, the whole room I was in watching that game exploded, you know, saying, oh, my God, you weren't lying to us. It's really happening. And I said, I know. Look, look at the commercial. Joel Klatt, <laughs> Kurt Menefee there. With a real life doctor, people thought you were making this up. They, so, you know, they—they're they, going to realize this weekend football is here, baby, in the spring. And I also uh, think it was a little bit unreal to people until they saw actually something even more legitimate. And Jake, I'm talking about that Dallas Renegades tattoo guy on on Twitter. Oh. Did you did you see that? I don't know what was more shocking, that or seeing Bryant actually having fans in L.A. who were tweeting pictures of themselves <laughs> well, yeah, with I, him. I just want to ask Bryant, uh, how much did you pay those people? Uh, nothing, and I didn't charge either there, Jake. Uh, it was – you could see. The, the proof is in the pudding. They were waiting there for me to finish with Moss and Oakman. Are, are and you sure they weren't were waiting me. for someone else? For the head coach? <laughs> Of the team so, where they reside. Moss walked away and they stayed there, asked me, me, Bryant, they said Bryant, for a picture. Two pictures. <laughs> well, if I you say so. I, I looked at the picture. It was real. It's awesome to see. And we, we love it. I can't wait to see if people show up and, uh, you know, get, uh, give us a high five or a fist bump or two sweet me if you want to greet me when we're there in D.C. Vince, we, ho- hopefully you'll have... You'll have your legion of fans. Do you think there's like a special section of fans that strictly follow Vince, Jake? I have a feeling that's what we're going to run into in D.C. Uh, it's, it's it's possible. He, he's had <laughs> a, a, a following in the past. I don't know if there's a crossover in that or not. Yeah, he was the big man on campus in college. That's for sure. What about some of the dinking and dunking around the league? Some news here, Vince. Jim Zor named his captains in Seattle. 
Kenneth Farrow, the running back, was selected for offense. Their defensive captain will be linebacker Steven Johnson. And Keenan Reynolds, in a tie with the long snapper Noah Borden, will be the special teams captain. What are your thoughts on four captains? I I don't have a problem with it. You know, I've seen, you know, some teams only send out two guys. I've seen some teams send out six guys. Uh, I don't I don't think the number is really that important. Uh, but it sounds like they got some great young men out there. I'm excited to see Kenyon Reynolds and Kenneth Farrow, that's for sure, up in Seattle. And now I think the 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 biggest news in terms of uh coaches um making plans and setting things in stone for at least for week one, coming out of Tampa Bay, Aaron Murray wins the starting quarterback job, beating out Taylor Cornelius, Quentin Flowers, and he will be there in New York with Tampa Bay as the starting quarterback in week number one, Bryant. Uh, not really that shocking considering he was an assigned quarterback, but I don't know if he'll be locked in there for a while because he does have a pretty solid backup in Taylor Cornelius. Well, everyone wondered why Aaron Murray didn't start immediately in the AF. He seems to have won that starting job in Tampa, uh, so I'm sure his leash will be at a good distance, but who knows? Uh, you never know with what Trestman might have planned there. Uh, but regardless, I think this makes it four out of four so far for assigned QBs being named starters. Yeah, and uh, well, I guess not because of Luis Perez. So you'd say four out of five. Well, Landry, I was I would consider a starter. Uh-huh. You have Cardell, Murray, Silvers, Talmu. So four. Yeah, four and- out of four that have been named, and then you have Landry and Luis Perez. So four out of six. Go and we got a couple more, and we are waiting for those yeah. the, those depth charts to kind of surface, Vince, so we know exactly who's going to at least be taking the field to start these games. But in in week one, from week one to to week two, I have a feeling we're going to see a big jump and maybe a lot of changing and, and switching and and, and decision making in the process of these coaches learning more about their players. Oh, there always is, especially when you, you know you're going from zero data points to one data point. Uh, there definitely is. I, I do want to talk Taylor Cornelius. Uh, I believe this is the kid uh, from Oklahoma State, Alan. Uh, you could correct me if I'm wrong here. Yes, sir. Um, but this uh, this kid has you know played in a you know some wide open wild offenses in, in college. Uh, and and this game may be more suitable to him than it is for Aaron Murray. Uh, so yes, Aaron Murray certainly you know, got maybe one of the most talented arms in this entire league. But uh, Cornelius, he's going to be comfortable back there. It would not surprise me, especially if Murray, uh, you know, falters a little bit to see Cornelius get in there and play very well. I, that That is definitely something to keep an eye on. I think either way, the Vipers are set up uh, with an excellent quarterback room. Absolutely, absolutely, and it looks that way as well. We're going to dive into some of the fantasy, and it looks like people respect what Tampa Bay could do offensively as they're trying to prognosticate for week number one. Some other notable transactions throughout the league. Seattle got a kicker after the unfortunate uh, Garrett Hartley, you know, not last week we talked about it, not being able to get medically cleared to play for the Dragons, so Seattle had to go out and get a kicker. They get Ernesto Lacayo to kick for them, so he'll be out there this weekend. Uh, safety Raheem Moore got picked back up by D.C. after the defenders waved him initially. And and linebacker Reggie Northrup now has the honor of being called the first call-up from Team 9, Bryant. 
The, the, we're going to get into Team 9 as well. It was announced this week, but Reggie Northrup, the first call-up from Team 9, he gets called up by Tampa Bay. Yeah, it, the first. I mean, imagine being the first person called up from Team 9. I hope Team 9 doesn't suffer too much. You know, we're, we're rooting for them every single week here on This Is The XFL Show. But, uh, yeah, that's that's a good recognition and a great system that we're going to get into here in a little bit that the XFL has instilled. Yep, so those are some of the transactions around the re- around the league. And uh, last little uh, dink and dunk here, just for our neighbors up in the north, uh, our, our Canadian football fans, TSN will be airing the XFL all season long. Got wind of that earlier this week, Vince. And you know me, I love the CFL, and I'm happy for my Canadian friends who love football. They're going to get to watch the XFL too, eh? Yeah, yeah, good, good for them. Uh, you know, they're, uh, make no mistake about it, there are uh, some people up there that are hungry for some football, uh, you know, specifically probably in that Toronto market and, uh, you know, some of the other larger cities. So I think this is an excellent thing. I, re- I really do. Uh, it's certainly the more people watching it, the better. Make no mistake about that. Yeah, it's an international affair. There are going to be people all over the world watching the XFL this weekend, and I cannot wait to see the interactions on social media, the reactions to what goes down when we see some of the innovations and also see what players stand out. With that said, let's get into some of those players that might stand out. You have DraftKings out there who are putting prices on week one players. That makes it feel real for a lot of people who follow football strictly through the fantasy lens. And we're going to give you a little bit of that talk right now as we start our cover, too. We really own one today, bro. I see you, big dog. Lockdown on three, man. One, two, three. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. That was Jalen Collins the cornerback for the Tampa Bay Vipers, who was mic'd up at practice, super entertaining to watch on XFL.com or on the new XFL app. Uh, but we're not going to talk about him so much because he's a cornerback. I don't know if anybody's going to... Fitz, you think anybody's going to be in an XFL uh, IDP league playing individual defensive players at all in week one? Uh, I don't know. I don't know about that. I'm sure I'm sure there are some people out there that <laughs> oh, are going to do it. it, it won't those be are the hardcores. <laughs> Hey, if you got if you got an XFL IDP league, hit me up at XFL Show, and uh, I'll join it. I'm down always for an IDP. But fantasy football, uh, DraftKings put out some uh, prices on players, Vince, and uh, let's react to some of them because it looks like the player everybody at least for Week One is looking to stand out most at the quarterback position is LA's Josh Johnson, who'll be going up against the Houston Roughnecks. Yeah, yeah, we're going to be going over some of the DraftKings uh, salary prices uh, for week one. Keep that in mind. This is week one only. I thought it was a little interesting the way they did it is that it's, you know, it's one quarterback, two running backs, two receivers, two flex positions, and then a a defense. So no mandatory uh, tight end in there at all. And I had to scroll down pretty far even to find one. The June Jones, that's the June Jones, June Jones philosophy right there. Who needs a tight end? <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah, this this is interesting here. You know, Josh Johnson for the L.A. Wildcats was the highest salary player, uh, quarterback at, at uh, ten thousand seven hundred. Uh, I was a little surprised to see this. Um, I, I, it just didn't strike me that L.A. was going to have one of the best offenses. I, I mean, maybe it's a week one matchup type thing. It's something to note is that the uh, L.A. Wildcats are an underdog, uh, according to DraftKings Sportsbook. 
uh, three and a half point underdog to against the Houston Roughnecks in the first game. Uh, but this kid, Josh Johnson, number one overall salary player. And I'm guess I'm gonna have to talk to Bryant here and tell me why this guy should be number one. I'm gonna have to ask Alan why should this guy be number uh well, you're the Wildcats fan. You're the one talking to Coach Moss every day. Tell me. Well, for a quarterback that still hasn't been officially named starter in Los Angeles, and for a passing team, I'm sorry, for a wide receiver group that uh, that traded away its top receiver pick, or, you know, uh, to end uh, training camp. Uh, yeah, I get he is the most seasoned uh, quarterback of them all, right? He probably has the most experience. Um, but maybe Besides maybe DraftKings is going with. Well, even He's then, right. I don't even know. But but I think maybe just because fans what? know the name, they will draft him, and that's the value that well, they put the on. The answer him. is data. The answer is data, Vince. Like you said, data or points. Data. Yeah, or data. However you say that word, there's just more tape on Josh Johnson for the anyone who's you know putting these numbers up to go by. That's, the, I think, the only reason why, as far as the matchup, I don't know. Houston's defense looked like it could be pretty sturdy. Uh, LA's wide receiver group lost Rashad Ross. So, you know, there are questions about them going into the season. And he is the highest-priced wide receiver, too. So I'm sure Josh Johnson's number would have been way up there if he still had Rashad Ross. Well, it, to me, it, it's a it, it maybe see, maybe it's a game script type thing because they know that you know Houston with June Jones, they're going to be pushing the ball up the field, uh, and LA's going to have to try to keep up with them. Uh, so maybe they're they're thinking it's going to be a high scoring affair, and that's why they, they got him number one. Uh, Landry Jones, you know, listed as questionable. I wonder if he was at full strength. If he would have yeah. had a higher salary, some uh, int- very interesting to note their backup. I presume their backup, Phil Nelson, uh, is actually, you know, at, at uh, uh, eight point eight thousand three hundred. He's actually uh, rated above Brandon Silver's uh, for Seattle. Uh, so he's not even the lowest guy on the list. So yeah, I, I guess they still have some confidence in the in that Dallas uh, quarterback position. But, you know, I think. I have to think that if Landry Jones was 100%, that they would have had him much higher on this list. Well, the player I'm looking at really, Vince, is uh, the fact that um, Connor Cook, number four on that list, is way above, because he's not on the first page of this list that we're talking about, a walker down there in Houston. Well, I just I, love I the, that. <laughs> I love that they're both on there. Uh, they're you know on they're both at least listed, but I love that. Is it even announced who's going to start? I've heard conflicting no. reports. Uh, you know, Walker's in the lead, but Cook might get it. We don't know. I like the the quarterback situation either way in Houston. And I'll tell you right now, fantasy geeks, if I'm playing a quarterback this weekend, as much as I like the LA Wildcats defense. I think I'm going to play a roughnecks quarterback. I just got to find out which one it is, Vince. As soon as I do, that's who I'd go with. Well, well, the nice thing about it is you can you can alter your lineup right up until <laughs> uh, kickoff of the first game. Uh, but you got to think that you know the you know DraftKings uh, or any any of these uh, gaming uh, fantasy part uh, websites. I'm not saying that they have an official partnership with the league. But you got to imagine that they're at least getting some information uh, from the league, or they're really doing their homework. I don't know than the a- average person. I, I don't I, know. I'll call out. I'll call out the DraftKings, uh, you know, book, bookmaker or player 
maker, maker, whatever you call him, the guy who allotted all these numbers to the different players and the defenses, especially Bryant. You see, they have St. Louis rated as one of the lower defenses on daily fantasy. I mean, they looked like one of the elite defenses to me. I saw, I had my eyeballs on that team, and they looked very good. Well, in turn, they have Dallas ranked as the highest, so I think the defenses might be a little flipped here. Uh, New York might get you some points with those interceptions, those DBs that we've talked about last week. Remember, this is a week. This is only week one. And so if you look at the odds makers from DraftKings, they have Dallas as a seven-point favorite over St. Louis. True. Uh, So, you know, we talked about how, you know, we expect Dallas – with with how mummy to have a a very high powered offense so that would lead you to think St. Louis is not going to be one of the better defenses to choose and we also talked about how Jordan Tamu yes he's named the starter yes this kid's got a lot of talent but you know very inconsistent in college uh you know one of the least experienced quarterbacks uh that are going to be starting here so you got to think that you know in a first game type situation like this you might want to when towards the defense that's going against them. So I, you know, I could see where this sound logic is, but, but to your point, Alan, you know, at the end of the day, you know, the, uh, the people that are signing the, these salaries, you know, they don't stand anything to lose on this. You know, if, if they're wrong, I mean, who cares? You know, they're just, they're just raking in the take uh, off of this. So it's, it is a nice projection. I'm sure they've done a lot of homework on this, but at the end of the day, this is, you know, this is fantasy football. Anything can happen. Exactly. That's why I don't really care what the, what the so-called experts tell me. I actually would rather hear from a guy like Jake, who's just who's not going to be <laughs> impure. He's not. He's he got pure <laughs> fantasy thoughts going through his head. He hasn't been sullied by all the and inundated by all the the news and and hot takes and and sheets that come out and the roto wires. Jake, what do you say about the fantasy aspect of Week One? Who's your top pick? Well, there was a reason that I was laying out there and, and saying very little because I I don't live I don't live in the fantasy world, uh, but I mean, if we're looking at week one, you know, you, you got the matchups here. I uh, I I think, and this is probably going to be a reoccurring theme with me later whenever we get into some more specific predictions. But I, I look at DC, the game that the. Uh, at least the three of us are going to be attending the first new XFL game ever. And I, I think it's going to be Cardell Jones. You know, I think you're going to see more of what you saw at the collegiate level and uh, less of what you saw at the pro level. I, I think he's coming back. And perhaps that's a little foreshadowing about what I'm going to say uh, later on in the program. But that's what I think about week one, at least. I like that, and I like the tease for the segment coming up in a little bit where we do make our season predictions. Let's go to our part two of the cover two now, though. Team nine is set. Team nine has their coach, has their players, and they're down in Texas practicing. And head coach Bart Andrus, who's got an extensive coaching career from NFL Europe and the CFL and the NFL. I mean, NFL, he's been everywhere, and he's going to be there handling mostly the quarterbacks, and the way this whole Team 9 is going to work is really interesting. It's basically, if you think about it as a crop of official free agents for teams to to take players from throughout the season, should they need to or want to, uh, Team 9 is not going to be a full roster, so there aren't kickers and punters and long snappers, but all other positions are on this team, and they're all practicing uh, daily down there in Texas. They're based in Arlington. And this is really cool because for the first two weeks, at least, 
the teams are going to be requ- not required to take anybody from Team 9, Vince. They're going to be encouraged to. But after week two, Team 9 is where you have to go to pick new players up if you need to fill roster spots. And I like that, that Team 9, after a couple weeks as the teams get acclimated, Team 9 is going to be the, the crop of free agents. And that's good because they're all going to be practicing XFL-style football every day, and they're all going to be ready and chomping at the bit to join some team. Yeah, that's you know it it puts it it could put some of these teams in a pickle, I suppose. In that you know you have to pick somebody, you know, from this list. And if you think it's only going to be forty players, and once you divide it up around all the position groups, there's not going to be many to choose from for each for each one. Uh, so you're going to have to be uh, you know hoping that you know there's somebody that fits your system that could easily pick up your your scheme if you have to go and reach for somebody on this team. Yeah, but you're not really reaching because all the guys on, on team nine were either all of them were in camps with XFL teams down in Houston. They've all, they've all been involved and were selected through processes of scouting already to be a part of the league. So they already have favorable outlooks and, and from, from most of the teams. I'm not saying it as a negative thing. I'm saying is that, you know, you have your roster and, you know, for whatever reason you need to add somebody. So you are, you know, I'm not saying you're getting a bad player in return, but it's it's something that was not ideal at the time that you constructed your roster to begin with. Well, that's with any free agent you're bringing in, right? At least now, you know, if you're bringing in a guy, he's been practicing, the, at least now, if you know you're bringing in a guy, he's been practicing the whole time, planning to play in the XFL. He's familiar with the new rules, and he's in shape. Most importantly, I think that's a great yeah. thing. You're not worrying about you're re- not worrying about taking guys off the street in the XFL. And do you think that maybe you know they're going to have their practices during the week, and then you know on on you know on the weekends they'll just have an inner squad scrimmage but since they only have 40 guys total that they'll just play a seven on seven game <laughs> well i'm sure you'd love well, that you would you love that want yeah. the tape of that <laughs> uh no but this is i think a, a really clever thing from oliver luck who it worked famously for him in nfl europe so that's the plan plan here they began practicing on february 3rd so earlier today as of this live on tape podcast our recording earlier today they started practicing and the, the the also the teams now have information on all these players. We've already seen one get picked up in Reggie Northrup to Tampa Bay, and they're going to have private workouts. Should a team have an interest in a player, every other Monday throughout the season, you're you're going to be able to say, hey, we want to take a look at this guy down at Team Nine. And another added thing for Team Nine, which I think is interesting, Jake, is that they're kind of going to be a testing ground. Uh, new technologies, it says, including equipment and physiological trends are also going to be tested on Team 9, essentially. Well, that's a good place to do it. You know, before you get on <laughs> uh, on national television, you want to iron out any of the wrinkles and make sure that it's something that you want to show to the world. But as for what it is, I again, no idea. Some of the players on Team 9 that you would recognize if you were following along in training camp, at least Garrett Fugate quarterback and Joe Callahan who was up in Seattle trying to earn a spot he landed on team nine you also have the tight end Farrell McKeever uh, offensive lineman Nick Callender Gerhard DeBeer your good buddy Bryant is down on team nine as well and uh, on defense you also have linebacker Marcus Jones 
and uh, Shane Bowman, the defensive tackle, some players who stood out during camp who just didn't quite make rosters are now on Team 9. And, you know, I would not be surprised whatsoever if we, by week 6 or 7, Vince, are talking about some player who was on Team 9 going into week 1 being one of the most productive XFL players because these guys are, are – getting into the football groove just as much as the players who are out there this weekend. I'm sure many of them are going to get called up and probably be able to contribute. I would not be shocked whatsoever. Well, yeah. And, and if you think about it, you know, there's only 10 weeks in the season. Uh, and, you know, if you, you know, if your team falls a couple games behind, you got to make some changes and you got to make them quickly uh, if you want to hope to make the playoffs. So, you know, I could definitely see that, you know, uh, a player coming out of nowhere on, on team nine to make a big impact. Here you go. Team nine is set. The season is ready to kick off. Now we've got our team nine. We've got all eight teams going at it this weekend. I mean, what else is there left to do? Should we just end the show, Jake? Uh, absolutely not. I put in a lot of work. <laughs> yeah, we got a lot of work to do. And I, I know you guys did too. This was it's, not easy. And I'm going to make, I'm going to make some enemies, but I, you know, I might as well say it. There's well, we'll get, we'll give the, we'll give the disclaimer before we get to it. Yes. The picks are coming up preseason predictions on this is the XFL show at XFL show on Twitter. Uh, if you want to give us your predictions, but we're not there quite yet. It is, uh, it is week one. We had to hear from one of the players going into one of the games this weekend, and I wanted to hear from one of those gigantors on the Battlehawks roster, Bryant. So I reached out to St. Louis immediately uh, as the week got started, and I said, give, give us somebody, please, preferably from that defense. And they gave us one of the most interesting characters on their team, their defensive lineman, Jake Payne, who played in the AAF, as we said earlier, and he's going to be lining up trying to stop the Dallas Renegades air raid offense this weekend. Man, I am excited to see that game. That might be maybe the most interesting game to me, especially with Landry Jones out, Brian. We, we've talked about the size. We've talked about what we saw that impressed us the most when we were down in Houston. Uh, I'm very intrigued uh, on this conversation that you've had with Jake Payne, and it is one of the most intriguing games of the weekend uh, because the hype behind how Mummy's uh, offense and the hype behind St. Louis defense, you know, something's got to give Allen with that game. So I'm really excited to see that one. I'm excited to hear what Payne has to say. Yeah, let's get to him. I don't think he cares if Landry Jones plays or not. It doesn't matter who's at quarterback. Jake, Jake Payne is going to get after him. So let's ride the Payne train in this week's good, crisp interview. Good, crisp football. Jake, how excited are you for week one, man? I'm pumped, man. I'm ready to get back out on the field, play some football, and hit some quarterbacks. <laughs> yeah, at the Pain Train 99 on Twitter, and it looks like your favorite hashtag is what? Get, hashtag get sacks, get sacks, get sacks. Did I get the three get sacks Has, correct? No, no, get sacks, get stacks. Oh, you got to do the the little yeah, get the little stack, the money stacks going. Yeah, get sacks, <laughs> get stacks. Nice. That's what's going to pay the bills for sure if you guys can get after some That's quarterbacks. Pay the bills. Yes, sir. Well, last spring, I think your case is interesting because you were playing football last spring. Compared to last spring, what's been different for you as a player joining the XFL versus other leagues you've been in? Um, I would say just the organizational standpoint of everything um, from just the way everything is ran, uh, 
guys, the, the league as itself. You know, I was in Birmingham and we did a, a good job down there. But as, but from a league standpoint, we have much more clarity with what's going on. What much more openness about you know as far as payment, you know how much we're getting paid, all that type of stuff. Um, so I've really just as far as kicking off with all that from the league standpoint, I, I've I've definitely noticed a lot more clarity and openness as to what what it is that, that we're doing. And I have to imagine that just makes it easier for you as a player to focus on football and just you know worry about what you need to worry about, and that's game day coming up this weekend. And I'm sure that's a huge relief and it makes it even more exciting for you going into week one. Yeah, being able to just focus on football um, is huge uh, and not having to you know worry about, oh, well, getting paid is the league going to be going under you know that type of thing <laughs> yeah yeah that's no fun so you know you're going to be going up against the dallas renegades this weekend we'll get into that that game in, in a minute i want to know about your teammates though because you're playing on that battle hawk defense i saw you guys in person down in houston and you're all like six foot four at least i think you might be the shortest guy in the defense no no maybe one of the dbs but compared to other defenses you've played on how, how does this Battle Hawk defense feel, man? You guys looked like you might have something special going into this season. Man, I, I'm telling you, you, you'll see on Sunday uh, when we play Dallas. I feel bad for Dallas. <laughs> uh, you know, not you know, having to go against us first, not really prepared for what kind of defense we are. We have size. We got speed. We can cover. We can pass rush. I mean, it's I'm excited. You'll see on Sunday. It's gonna be a it's gonna be a good show to watch. I, I'm I'm really excited to see your defense fly around, man. I saw a glimpses of you down in Houston for training camp, and you know the word from Houston was that other teams didn't like playing your defense or anyone on your team in the joint practices or in the scrimmages. How would you describe the personality of the St. Louis BattleHawks defense then? Fly around, make plays. I mean, we just we are a fast like every single person on our defense can run. Um, and we have a lot of different looks. Um, obviously I don't want to, you know, go into much detail, but we, <laughs> there's not a person on our team, on our defense that's slow. I'll put it that way. We, we're all, we can all run our inside linebackers. I mean, we, we got height at inside backer. We got a size at inside backer, our D lineman, everyone's big. We can all, you know, get to the quarterback I have to imagine that you know Dallas is not going to be liking playing against your defense. You guys are fast. You spent all that time down in Houston, though, and I want to get into kind of the team-building part because it's week one. You guys are coming together, and you guys collectively it has to be uh, just – I mean, the, the angst, the anxiousness. How's St. Louis been so far now that you guys have been home, though, getting ready for this game? You're not even going to come back home until week three. Do you guys feel like kind of your vagabonds? Or what's going on right now with the locker room? What's the feeling right now? We're just ready to get out there. It don't matter where we play. We could play in the, we could play in the parking lot of a grocery store. We're ready to go play some football. It doesn't. We play Dallas. We play 10 away games, really. Obviously, playing at home is going to be an amazing experience. Um, everyone in St. Louis knows who we are, everyone's excited, but at the end of the day, it don't really matter to where we play. Oh, man, play that, that week three, though, is going to be something special. I have more. I mean, we've had it marked ever since the schedule came up. Week three against New York. Oh, yeah, you we're guys... going to have the best. We have the best fan base. Hands down, we have the best fan base. Yeah, we are all excited to see what that atmosphere is going to be like in the Dome week three against New York. This week, though, it is Dallas – 
on the road as a defensive lineman, how do you approach playing a team you know is going to be getting rid of the ball quickly with that air raid offense? We, you know, obviously we don't have a ton of film on them. We're pretty, we have a pretty good understanding of what they want to do. Um, and, you know, as a defensive lineman, obviously the ability to be able to read, run, or pass uh, is always key. I can't just fly off the ball and, oh, it's a run. Um, so being able to, you know, identify, pass, and run. And then when I'm rushing, you know, if I'm not going to get there, hands up. You know, I, obviously keeping a, having a good feel of where the quarterback's at and if he's, you know, if he's getting ready to get rid of the ball uh, up front, you know, we got to do a good job of getting our hands up. Um, just and, and, and also just keeping him, you know, keeping in his throwing lane, you know, not rushing way up past the quarterback and stuff. What if we what if we add one more thing to your hashtag then? Because they are going to be throwing it so quickly. What if it's get stacks, get bats, get stacks? Because you're going to be batting the ball down a lot maybe this weekend. Get sacks, get stacks, get bats. I'm like, yeah. I'm with a couple pass breakups. <laughs> I like it. Well, man, good luck against Dallas in what is going to be an exciting week one around the XFL, the St. Louis Battlehawks taking the field on the road. But we are looking forward to that week three home debut where you guys are going to blow the roof off the dome. I'm sure you, sure you will do it all season long. Looking forward to that defense fly around. Jake, appreciate it, man. Yes, sir. Anytime. I appreciate you. So Jake is going for the Battlehawks, is what I've heard, right? Uh, maybe that's what you'll, you know, you're thinking. But I think once you hear my predictions, you're going to change your tune. No, I heard Jake talking about how much he loves being a Battlehawk. I don't understand where the that, that's with. different. That was Jake voices. Payne. This is Jake's. Never mind. Uh, that that was Jake Payne. Obviously, he is uh, ready to hit some quarterbacks, and I'm ready to watch him do it this weekend. And I don't have my pick for that game quite yet. That's going to be happening on our next episode where we break down each game, make our picks for week one. This moment in time, Jake, is one we've been waiting for for a long time. It is time now to make our preseason predictions where we select the winners of the, the, the winners of the MVP of the coach of the year, Mr. XFL. And the XFL championship. Are you ready, Jake? No. <laughs> well, too late. Sorry. You have to be ready because it is time now in this week's Hot Read. Okay, first up now for our preseason predictions. We're going individual awards. We're talking about our expectations. We're going to run through the records of each team, go through the playoffs all the way to the XFL championship. But first, we start with one of those individual awards. Vince, we'll start with you. Who will be the XFL MVP in 2020? I'm going to go Cardell Jones. I think this is going to be a guy who's going to lead one of the better teams in the league. I think they're going to have one of the best records. And I think he's going to be a huge part of an offense that is just going to be flat out difficult to stop. Cardale Jones locked in. Let's take it now to Jake. Jake, you hyped up Cardale earlier. Is he going to be your XFL MVP? He is. I'm willing to agree with Vince on that one. I'm going to even take it a step farther and say, barring injury, he's going to be the only quarterback that starts every week. 
Wow. Oh, whoa. I don't, I don't like that prediction at all. That's starting off on a, yeah, that, that's, on, that's a du- on a dubious foot right there, Jake. Jake, okay. I thought you said you weren't ready. What was that? <laughs> yeah. No, that one I'm ready about. It's just when it comes to records, I'm not. Well, I'm not, I'm oh, not yeah, as sure. You don't know who the quarterback's going to be in any of these teams. That's I guess true. You I'm wow. not as sure as Jake. Like, I'm not going to bet my house or something like that, but I will go with Cardell Jones. I think it's going to be an eye-awakening, um, an eye-opening, excuse me, performance uh, that a lot of NFL teams are going to catch. And I think Cardell Jones might get himself a job uh, next uh, next fall. I'm sure he loves that you guys are picking him, but that's a lot of pressure on Cardell. Three for three for the D.C. <laughs> Defenders quarterback, and I will not make it a four for four because – well, I don't know if it's cheating or not, but I've been hyping it up all along. I love the June Jones offense. Whoever plays quarterback there I think is going to put up huge numbers. So I'm going with whoever plays quarterback there. If it's Connor Cook or P.J. Walker, I can't decide. Do I have to pick one or can I just say yeah, the roughnecks quarterback? Well, then yeah, I'm going to go. It's not a co-championship. <laughs> they can't share it? All right, fine. I'm going to go with, I guess, Connor Cook but with the caveat that maybe P.J. Walker beats him out. We are doing the show before one of them wins the job, or at least it's announced. So I will go Connor Cook for now as the XFL MVP, simply because he's June Jones' Jones's quarterback, Jake. I, I I think that's that's safe, right? That's a safe bet. June Jones' QB is going to put up some yards and touchdowns. Uh, I mean, that that's for sure, but which quarterback is it going to be? Yeah, that that is the know. tough thing. I am... I am I'm taking a risk in that regard, but there you go. Three for Cardale Jones, one for a Roughnecks quarterback for your XFL MVP in 2020. Now let's go to our made-up award, Jake, the one that you came up with. Mr. XFL, what does that mean to you, and who's going to win it? First of all, don't say that I came up with that. (laughs) Uh, Because I don't... I don't know what you guys are thinking it's going to mean. I, I guess for me, I was thinking about, uh, you know, almost like a, a face of the league, you know, some someone out there uh, that people are going to want to see uh, clips of what, what they're saying after the game, before the game, during halftime. And at least from my criteria, it does not even have to be a player. So that's why I'm saying Mr. XFL is going to be Coach Moss. <laughs> oh, wow. I kind of saw that coming, but I didn't think it would be from you, Jake. Well, yeah, somebody else on this program might be saying that, but uh, let's hear what they have to say. I will be <laughs> coaching like a crazy man. All right, Brian, he might have stole your thunder there. You, you sticking with Jake? Who you got is Mr. XFL. So I am with Jake in the sense that it's somebody who – uh, is going to be representing the XFL all season long. Someone who's going to advocate for what the XFL is doing. And you're right; it doesn't have to be a player. Oh man, I can't. I, I almost want to. I feel bad. Hope he's not listening because I feel bad because I'm not going to go with Jake on this one. I'm going with Pat McAfee, who's going to be announcing games for the XFL. And I feel like yeah. on his show, on his social medias, he's going to be known as Mister. I'm cheering for the XFL, <laughs> and I think he's going to put this league over really well. Oh my! What if? Okay, I mean, I think Pat McAfee's definitely going to be in in that in that sort of vein. But if we're going to go in with, with media members, then I'm going to go with myself, Vince. I'm changing my pick. <laughs> Call me Mister <laughs> Mister XFL. Well, I mean, outside of Vince McMahon, you may be the the one guy that's been you know on this train the longest. <laughs> uh, I, I must say, 
I, I'm not I'm not gonna pick uh, uh, a player as well, but I, I'm not gonna go to, in the commentary route either. Although I do like that selection, I'm gonna go with Hal Mummy. Uh, this is his kind of league. This is this is exactly what what uh, Hal Mummy is all about. This is exactly what the XFL is all about. It's just about being creative and having fun in the game of football. And I can't wait to see what this guy comes up. All right. Well, three non-players there. And I, I'm not going to go with myself because I am not an egomaniac, but I will go with a player uh, as Mr. XFL because I think it's going to be someone who's on the field embodying what this league's all about and then off the field as well, entertaining people, giving them access, and also just kicking ass on the field. And I think that's going to be Anthony Kimbo Johnson of the L.A. Wildcats, seeing what he's done on social media, I would say the most entertaining player on there. And then you talk about what he could do on the field. This guy is a maniac on the defensive line from LSU. He has the pedigree. He has the heart, the hunger, and I think he's also an entertaining dude. I think he'll be Mr. XFL. I'm going out on a limb maybe selecting a defensive player, but that's who I'm selecting, Brian. An L.A. Wildcat for you. Well, if you're paying attention to the at XFL Wildcats on Instagram and Twitter, you're, you'll definitely know who Anthony Kimbo Johnson is. And you're right, he's a very entertaining character. Uh, he's going to bring uh, a lot of energy to that defense and to that crowd. So it, it, if you're going to go with a player, uh, it's hard to fight against Anthony Johnson. I don't know what he does better, play football or sing. He, he's, he could do it all. This guy's a renaissance man. You should and see he's... him dance at the block party. He can dance, too. Are you oh, saying man. that he's uh, he's participating on The Masked Singer? He, could, he might be. <laughs> yes. That's a good yes. <laughs> Mr. XFL, what does that mean to you, and who's going to be Mr. XFL? Let us know at XFL Show. Now we take it to the coaching ranks and we've talked a little bit about coaches so far. Now we need to predict who will win that award at the end of the year. Coach of the year. And in the XFL, don't forget that coaches are also the general managers a lot on these eight coach GMs plates, putting together the teams, calling the games, putting together the staffs. I mean, this is a lot of work for these, for these coaches. And whoever wins it, I know for certain, is going to earn it. And I am going to go first here. I'm predicting that the coach of the year is going to be Mark Trestman, the Tampa Bay Vipers. I think what he's done putting his roster together looks very unique to me, and I can't wait to see it come together on the field. And I have a feeling it is going to translate. And I'm going to go with Mark Trestman. I think there's going to be something special going on in Tampa Bay this year, Vince. Well, I can't I can't necessarily say I'm going to disagree with that. I think Tampa Bay has, has an excellent chance. Uh, to really be one of the top teams, um, and but I'm not going to quite go that way. Uh, I, I I do think Mark Trestman's going to do an excellent excellent job, and he's got you know, two good quarterbacks I think to start with. But I'm going to go with with June Jones as, as the coach of the year. This guy, you know, uh, just a, an offensive innovator, and I, I have a feeling that you know he is just going to be grabbing headlines with the amount of points that team's going to be able to put up. Vince, how many three-point attempts for the regular season would you say? Oh my God! Uh, uh, give me a little bit. Well, get out uh, of okay. calculator. Wait, wait, I'll answer, Jake. I'll answer that because June Jones is my pick, and it's going to be zero. He's going to be the smartest coach in this league. He's only going to go for three if he has to. And because Alan, you mentioned that these coaches are also slash GMs, 
June Jones has made the least amount of moves from the draft than any other team in the league. He structured his team and went for it. And I think this man put a t- put together the team that he wanted uh, right from the get-go. That's why I'm going with June Jones. He's going to be coaching the team that he wanted, making very little moves because he knew exactly what he wanted to do. And he's going to do it very well in the XFL. I do like that you bring that up, Brian. He, he is definitely one of the coaches who went out there, got players who he, he knew exactly what he wanted in his guys. He went and got them and hasn't really... You're right. Made a whole lot of maneuvers with his roster. A couple trades here and there, but Houston seems set. I love June Jones. I think he's going to go for three a lot because why not if your offense is going to be that potent? I think Winston Moss is going to be the coach going for three the most if we're throwing that out there, Jake. How about you? Uh, What? I I don't know about that, but uh, that's not what you didn't have the conversation we did with him. That's the problem. (laughs) We're talking about coach of the year. And I mean, this is very different from other leagues because, you know, a coach of the year, just be, you could turn around a, a bad team the last year and sneak your way into the playoffs and you could be coach of the year. But we don't have any history from this league, at least uh, recently. So I just have to default to who, which team I think is going to have the best record and narrowly edging out everyone else. Uh, is the Dallas Renegades. So I'd have to go with Coach Stoops on that one. That's just, you know, how it's coming out. I like it. So Bob Stoops is your coach of the year. That gives us a glimpse into your team records. We're going to get into it here in a second. But what about going for three, Jake? You brought it up. Now I got to know. Who you think's going for three the most? Uh, it's. I, I think it's going to be Seattle or Houston. What about you, Vince? And you think of one that's yet? as specific as I can get. If I had to say anything, it'd probably be Seattle because I think they're going to be the worst team and they're going to have to be playing from behind the most. Yeah, that you beat, you, you stole my thunder there, Vince. Uh, Seattle, because they're going to have to go for three. I think the most that's going to allude into my uh, records here that we're going to get into here pretty shortly. So so teams that go for three make you, you – you can't be coach of the year if you go for three a lot? Is that what we're, I'm hearing? No, that's not what anybody said. No, I didn't think we said that. I just, just think you, the question was who's going to go for three the most, and we're telling you, me and, me and Vince at least, are saying Seattle because they're not going to be very good, at least in our eyes, to start the season. You can't be coach of the year if you don't make the playoffs. <laughs> that's in this, I in this definitely go this with year, that. Yes, I'll definitely say that, Jake. I'm with you on that. Let us know what you think. For coach of the year, who will it be? And sidebar, who goes for three the most? And is it going to be one of the bad teams? I don't know. I don't think so. I think a team that goes for three probably will have a good record. Because if you go for three, you're probably getting it and you're going for it more. But that being said, let's dive into these records and see which teams we think will be good in 2020. Year one here in the XFL. And we're going to start in the East. And in the East, we will start with the Tampa Bay Vipers, who preseason are getting a lot of love at least from some of the bookmakers vince what do you have tampa bay finishing at i i have them finishing at five and five um and i'm not quite sure you know how i arrived at that but but uh i I do think they are one of the the better teams i do have them slightly making the playoffs even even though at at a 500 record um but yeah i feel like there's just you know there's too much you know, quarterback talent, and I think there's some really good coaching there uh, that'll put them over the top. Although you could say that the fact that they have two quarterbacks, they might not have any. I don't think that's going to apply in the XFL. I think you have two quarterbacks, you're going to be looking pretty good. 
Um, you got to have contingency plans. You got to be multiple. I think there are multiple players at multiple positions that are going to do good things for the Tampa Bay Vipers. And I am super interested to see how that Nick Truesdale, the big tight end, performs. Lately, the trend in football overall is if you got a good tight end, you're probably doing well record-wise. That's why I have the Tampa Bay Vipers finishing 6-4. and four. And I told you last week, I'm not picking a team to have more than six wins this week. So that's as high as I'm going. And I think the Vipers are going to be pretty good. Uh, and whether it's Aaron Murray all season, maybe Taylor Cornelius gets in there. I think they're going to have the firepower and definitely the defense when you have guys like Jalen Collins in the secondary, I think, could do some special things. Uh, Tampa Bay, one of my better teams in the East, Bryant. What about you? I'm with you, Alan. I have them at 6-4. and four. I think they are the, one of the top two teams uh, in the East. I think they're going to benefit a little bit from those New York and St. Louis games. Uh, that alludes to my records for those two teams in a little bit here. But they get hosed having to go out to the West Coast, to L.A. and to Seattle. A late game in L.A. Uh, I think it's like a 9 p.m. Eastern start on a Sunday. So uh, they're getting pretty hosed on that. So I, that's why I didn't have them at the 7. I almost pushed them to 7, but I brought them back down to the 6-4. and four. And here we go, Jake, your final pick for the Tampa Bay Vipers. Where, where's their record at for you? I'm going to agree with both of you two. I have them tied for the best record in the East, at least, at 6-4. Six 6-4 and four. Six and four for the Tampa Bay Vipers from Jake, Bryant, and myself. Vince has them at 5-5, five and five, so none of us have Tampa Bay finishing with a losing record. And in a 10-week season, I think that makes you a pretty good team. Let's see some of the other teams in the East. The New York Guardians up next, and flat out, let me start. Those are uh, the, that's the team that I'm taking as the best record in the East with six and four, finishing six and four. But in our schedule simulator, Brian, I have them beating the Vipers twice because I think that secondary is that damn good. And you know, the more I think about it, I think their passing game might actually be better than we thought. Uh, going into the season. I know, Vince, you're not high on McGloin, but I think having to practice against who he practices against each and every week, having the balanced uh, attack that Ke- you know Kevin Gilbride's going to focus on, I think New York's set up to do pretty well, and I think they'll finish 6-4 and four just like Tampa Bay, but I think overall they'll be my number one seed coming out of the East going into the playoffs. Yeah, You know, I, I really liked a lot of the information you guys were providing from training camp with how good their, their secondary looked, and I think you know, that's one of the reasons I have them. I, I have them at five and five, uh, you know, missing the playoffs on a tiebreaker. But, you know, it, it, it's that quarterback situation. It just kind of bothers me. Um, and I, I think you got to have a, a, you know, a really strong presence there. And I'm not sure if they do, you know, they do have Marquise Williams. And, you know, if you could get that guy going, then, then maybe you have a good shot for another couple win or two. But, you know, it just seems like too much uncertainty for me right now. And there's a lot of other good teams that got to play. You know, I mean, somebody's got to win. Somebody's got to lose. That's true. And it's really difficult. And disclaimer, Jake, we're not hurting any feelings with the records we're giving out for these teams. I, I don't think so. Although I'm sure some fans might take to heart what you say about the New York Guardians or any other team. So as you give your record here, I'm trying to soften the blow a little bit. But you're about to give them... I think a pretty unfavorable record well, from from what I've heard from you. Yeah, and I've I've crunched the numbers twice. Uh, unfortunately, they both come out um, with a losing record. 
for the New York Guardians, and I, I have them at three and seven. I think, you know, more than anything, that points to the strength of at least two other teams uh, in the conference that they're going to be in. But three and seven is uh, unfortunately what I came up with for them. And and I know, it, I know you guys were talking about the speed of that defense, but again, that's that's just what the numbers are telling me. How about you, Bryant? Where you got the Guardians? It's hard because the defense did look great, Allen, when we were down there in Houston, but the offense looks small. But then again, you have Tim Cook back there, so how big of an offensive line do you really need when you have Tim Cook as your running back? Um, I think this is more based on the strengths of other teams in that uh, conference or division, whatever we're calling it here, whatever whatever word you use. Uh, so I'm going to have New York at 4-6 and six missing the playoffs. I, I, I'm just not sold on their quarterback situation. I'm not sold on their wide receiver ability. Uh, at this moment, uh, but and I, and I really don't even have them in it in week ten either. I think I think they'll be out by like week uh, week nine, maybe even week eight. Oh wow! So you you think they're built for speed on offense, and that's not enough? Well, I don't think that suits t- Tim Cook. I mean, Tim Cook's <laughs> a big running back. He's not the fastest, but you know he he's he's a sizable guy. If and to me, that just seems like the opposite of what we saw uh, with that offensive line. There you go. So I'm the only two, only one having the Guardians in the playoffs then. There you have it. New York Guardians, one of us four have them in the playoffs. That means the next team, I think, is going to get some some love here. The D.C. Defenders, I have them at 500, Vince. Five and five, I think they're going to be good. Uh, they just got edged out in my you know simulating through the schedule there. Uh, but I definitely am not going to shortchange them. I think they're capable of special things this season. What about you? Yeah, I, I really like the way this team is constructed. I, I, you know, if you look top to bottom in terms of just, you know, sh- sheer weapons uh, on offense, this team, this team may be number one. Uh, it just seems like they've got, you know, so many dangerous guys that they could deploy, uh, and and with a quarterback who's who's uh, had a, a ton of success, and maybe not necessarily at the pro level, but at the highest level of you know, collegiate division one football um, in, in Cardell Jones. So I, I just love what this team's doing. I, I can't wait to see this running game. I think it's going to be one of the best, maybe not, maybe the best uh, in, in the entire league. And they got some decent receivers to go along with it. I, I can't speak enough about how much this DC team can do. I got Brian, seven and Bryant, what about you? What's the record for the D.C. Defenders? And, and in a word, how could you sum up their team? Hmm. Uh, well, I'm going to say seven and four. I'm sorry, excuse me, six and three. And the word, I'm trying to think of it. Hold on, give me a second here. Six and th- they're only going to play nine yeah, six, games? Six, excuse me, six and four. They might, they might only have to play nine and still make the playoffs. Six and four. Uh, and the word you're looking for is fast. Fast, fast, fast. I think that's, that's what um, Pep Hamilton wants his, his players to, to remember when they take the field. The only reason I don't have the defenders at seven and three is because they go to St. Louis at the end of the season, and I think they're going to be coasting. Uh, they're really not going to have to play their starters that game. Uh, so D.C.'s six and four, the best team in the East. Uh, going into the the playoffs. Well, I shake my head at that. I think in the XFL, everybody's going to be playing their starters at the end. I think a lot of teams are going to be in it come week 10. Jake, what do you think the record for the D.C. defenders will be? Well, I have them tied with Tampa Bay for the best in the East at 6-4. and four. Uh, let, let me ask you, what, what don't you like about them that you don't have them making the playoffs? 
Oh, uh, well, I like what Vince said about the offense. There's weapons all over the place, but then defensively, they don't they don't stick out or look as fast or as mean as as New York or Tampa Bay. Quite frankly, to me, I think DC they, might have issues on defense compared to those other teams. Just be able to score more and hope that the clock runs out before the other team can catch up. Yeah, but with with uh, the comeback period, Jake, I don't know anything can happen yeah. at the end of an XFL game, uh, or and. You know, DC is going to be good, though. I think they're they're going to be tough to beat for sure. That brings us to our last Eastern team. That's the St. Louis Battlehawks. Vince, what do you got for St. Louis? I I got them at three and seven. I I think you know this team. I just think they're going to struggle a little bit. I I really do offensively. I'm not sure what you know Jordan Tamu. I just think that this is a lot to ask. And I'm not. I'm just not sold on him. I think the defense, though, has potential to be pretty good. Um, but I just see him, yeah, just struggling a little bit on offense. And I don't. I don't. I'm not sold on the coaching staff either. Uh, and I think this is maybe one of the weaker ones. Yeah, I think early on in the season, St. Louis might fare well because of their defense. But I think you're going to have to start scoring a lot of points by week four. In this league, and after they build up to that that first home game, I think they're going to look good. But you know, the offense is the question. Jordan Tamu, young quarterback, how are they going to maintain? They do have experience at running back, although I don't know if you want too much experience at running back at receiver. Question marks too, not as heralded as around the league at some other teams. I have him at four and six. Bryant, what about you? Uh, Alan, I would you call him there, Saint Lou? St. Lou. Sirs, is that what we're going with here? Because I think I have them at three and seven as well. It's not going to be a great season, I think, for St. Louis. And that's not just the Bryant that you've been hearing on this entire podcast the entire time. I really think it's just something's, you're right, something's off about that team. And I really don't think it's it's well put together on the offensive side. The defense looks good, but uh, if your offense can't get the ball rolling, that defense is going to get tired. Jake, what about you? What record do you got for the Battle Hawks? Well, I guess I'm giving them the most favorable record, but unfortunately it's not going to be enough to make the playoffs. I have them at 5-5. Five and five. Uh, I, They may be the sentimental favorite in the league. They may have the best attendance, but I think it's going to take them a while to get going. I have them uh, winning the, their first game once they get back home into that dome. I, I just I, Again, that's what the simulation is telling me. The simulation has spoken for the Battle Hawks. Now, Vince, what do you say we go over to the West Coast and pick that side of the XFL? We already picked our Eastern teams. Now let's go to the Dallas Renegades first in the West. What do you got Bob Stoops' team finishing at? Uh, well, first of all, i got to say, I just, it, you know, we're less than a week away, and I still can't believe Bob Stoops is, is coaching oh in this God. league. I, I, it's just just boggles my mind. I can't believe it, but I'm <laughs> expecting huge things from this team. Uh, this is definitely, you know, far and away the best coaching staff uh, out of anybody. You've got the two best offensive minds here, I would say, you know, together. Uh, you know, if this team's motivated, which I, I hope that they are, uh, this this team is going to be very difficult to stop. Got them going eight and two. Oh, my. This season. That is that is very special in a ten week season. Eight and two is going to be hard to come by. High hopes for the Dallas Renegades, Vince. I know you've been talking them up. I know you can't believe Bob Stoops is coaching. 
I know you love how Mummy eats a lot of victories. I think they're going to be good. I got them at six and four. I'm not picking any team more than six wins. Dallas will be tough, but the injury to Landry Jones does make me nervous. Yeah, it it makes me nervous too. I will say that, Alan. I'd be curious to see what you would have predicted if you didn't in, uh, install this rule on yourself that you couldn't pick a team more than six. <laughs> I didn't install this rule. I just have a feeling that's how it's going to go. It's going to be a a pretty well distributed talent across the league. I think it's going to be parity. I just I have that feeling that seven wins will be special if it happens this season, and I I definitely don't see eight. I definitely don't see that Dallas dominating the way you've been talking them up. I think they'll be pretty good, but there's some other good teams in the West. Bryant, what do you got Dallas finishing at? So I have Dallas at four and six, and I have them missing the playoffs. I think uh, Vince, you're right though; they, they are well structured. I just put it into the computer, and this is what happens. I mean, I'm, I'm like, I'm going to take a Jake on this one and say, "Hey, look, this is what the numbers came out to be: four and six. Do I feel like Dallas has the potential to be one of the better teams in the league? Yes, I do. Uh, I just think that there's, there's other factors in place that are going to prevent them from getting those key victories, uh, especially uh, later down in the season, later on in the season. Well, I do think Dallas is going to be a special team. I have them uh, with the best record in the entire league at seven and three. Uh, I, I think it's the coaching staff. I think it's Landry Jones with the most professional experience. Although, you know, the, the injury, we still don't know. No concrete word about that yet. But seven and three is what I got. I believe the first time I did the numbers, they were out at six and four. So somehow they got a slight bump up on the second go. Dallas Renegades, I think we all, except Bryant, have them looking pretty good. I do not have them as a playoff team, though. Next team, though, I do have as a playoff team. Houston Roughnecks. I have them finishing at six and four. I think they're going to be the most explosive offense in the XFL, and I have them finishing at number one in the XFL West. Vince. Yeah, I, that very well could happen. I, I've got them at eight and two. I, I think this team, you know, Jim Jones. I just can't can't say enough about this guy as a coach, um, and I. I Connor Cook is a hell of a quarterback. I'll tell you that right now. I know it hasn't been officially announced if he's going to be the guy or not, but you know this guy is just tremendous. I, I love the skill position players, and I, I you know I think their defense can be good enough uh, to to get them uh, quite a lot of victories here in the regular season. So Vince, what's going to happen whenever Dallas and Houston meet in the regular season? Are they just split in the series? Is that that's how what I that's how that's how I predicted it. What about you, Jake? I have them at five and five, uh, 500. That's actually, I'll, I'll just spoil it right now. They're going to lose a tiebreaker to another five and five team in the West to make the playoffs. Wow. The, the Houston Roughnecks, <laughs> the Houston Roughnecks and the, the Dallas Renegades, I think could end up being the two best teams in the XFL. Vince, you're right. I think that you're seeing maybe, uh, maybe, uh, the, the West might be a little tougher, at least on paper. I think that's my, that might be what our predictions end up showing us. So far, I, I've predicted uh, two pretty decent teams. Bryant, what about you for Houston? What do you got them at? Well, when you say on paper, I'm going with what I've seen, uh, and I've seen quite a bit of the West teams. Uh, I have Houston at six and 
No, you know what? I'm going seven and four. Houston's going. I'm sorry, seven, <laughs> eleven games, seven and three. I, I think they are one of the better teams in the league. I think June Jones definitely, like I said earlier, had the structure in place, and he really knows what he wanted, and he got it. And, and he's going to bowl through some of these teams, especially on the East Coast. He might go four zero against the East. Savion Smith, Ajene Harris. They also have DBs in Houston. Do not forget, they might be a pretty balanced team. I know we're talking a lot about the offense. Houston Roughnecks, I think, will be good. Now let's take it to the Seattle Dragons. This team might be the weakest in the in the West, Jake. I know that we've talked a lot about Jim Zorn and you know his legend in Seattle, but it's going to be a, a tough sledding if he doesn't win. I know he has a lot of cachet there. For the Seattle Dragons to win... I don't know how that will happen with the teams we've already talked about in Dallas and Houston. We're going to talk about L.A. I feel like they are the weak link over in the West, and I be, because they're playing three of the better teams overall in the XFL, I think, they're going to probably end up with low records from all of us. I have that feeling just by what we've talked about over the last few weeks. I personally have them at 2-8. and eight. What about you? I have them slightly better than that, but I will agree with you that I think uh, they're going to have the least amount of wins in the West. I have them at three and seven, and uh, I I hope this is not going to detract from the fans in that city uh, who you know show up for the other games on Sunday and are getting an NHL expansion team. I still think a turnout uh, is going to be is going to be well for this team, but I have them at three and seven. Yeah, Brian, Zorn took a lot of AAF guys, so he does have a, a, a lot of capable people out there because we saw a lot of these guys on the Dragons playing pretty good football last spring. Some of them have NFL experience. A few of them are, are pretty uh, well-known college players, but I don't know. What do you have the Dragons finishing at? Well, I, I'm going to call you out on something, Alan. So you don't have a team winning more than six games, but you have the Dragons losing eight? Well, that, that's what the simulation told me, and the simulation has spoken. <laughs> okay, that's what I you're going to go with. <laughs> you got a lot of parity through the league and then one weak link, and unfortunately for me, it's Seattle. Well, it's, it's For me as well, it is Seattle. I think there's the way we've, descri- we've, uh, we've described it uh, so far is just confusion. We don't know what's really going on. Trying to understand what uh, Jim Zorn is doing up there. I think they're going to run into a lot of teams that are well put together. And I think Seattle, although they're going to have a great crowd, to Jake's point, uh, they're going to come out strong. I just don't see how Seattle has formed a team that uh, can win more than four games. That's why I have them at three and seven. Yeah, I think it's an identity issue. Vince, I don't know if you could speak on this, but I feel like I understand what every team's going for identity-wise, game plan-wise, personnel-wise. For Seattle, harder to put my finger on. Yeah, I, I... I guess I would agree with that. Um, you, you know, they they have this Brandon Silver's a quarterback, um, probably you know the quarterback everybody's least excited about, maybe. And it just doesn't seem like. I mean, yeah, they got a couple other good players on you know offense and defense, but it just doesn't seem like you know, the depth is there or, you know, what exactly what they're trying to do. I mean, I don't know if that's just a, a microcosm of, you know, people just not being excited about Zorn or, or what it is. But, yeah, I have them at one and nine. I, I don't I don't know. Oh, I mean, my. It seems like – I mean, that, that, I will say that about this league. You know, I mean, you know, you, you guys are – you know, you're preaching that there's going to be so much parity and stuff. But, you know, 
you know, I, who knows what could happen here? I mean, I could see, you know, teams just running away with it. I could see teams packing it in. Uh, it, it's it's going to be very fascinating to see, you know, it, you know, by midway through the season, if things just get away from teams. Yikes. Well, I, I don't, I don't want to, I don't, I don't think we hurt anyone in Seattle's feelings. These preseason predictions could make <laughs> us all look foolish. Unfortunately, someone had to get the short end of the straw, and I guess all of us think it's going to be Seattle, but they could prove everybody wrong. And with that home field atmosphere, maybe that'll play a part of it. But uh, for now, uh, those are the picks for the Dragons, all pretty low numbers because I think we all think the West is a three-team race and three legitimate teams, Jake. The L.A. Wildcats, our final team record pick here. Uh, what do you have them at? I think they are they are capable of being a playoff team. What about you? Well, I have them at 5-5, five and five, and in this conference, that's going to be enough this year. To, uh, to squeak into the playoffs at five and five. Still defensively strong. Um, but, but like we were talking with those Texas teams, you know, it's going to be tough. Yeah. Dallas and Houston present unique uh, challenges that LA is going to have to figure out. But I think LA is balanced enough on offense and mean enough on defense. Norm Chow is going to utilize his running backs. I think Elijah Hood isn't getting enough pub going into the season. And then. Everybody's recognizing Josh Johnson. They they gave up Rashad Ross Bryant for some reason because they probably feel like they have enough at wide receiver. And I have the LA Wildcats finishing at six and four as a playoff team because I think balance and and a quarterback that I think they're going to be be able to rely on all season long. Whereas Dallas, that injury really scared me. Also, the defense in Dallas not as exciting to me as the Wildcats defense. So I have them edging out Dallas for the second playoff spot in the West. What about you? Here's how I put it. I think L.A. matches really well against Dallas and against Houston. I'm not so sure. I think those three teams are really going to kind of cancel each other out, maybe split all their games. Uh, but I do have L.A. at 7-3 and three for the season. I think that structure of that front seven that I talked about last week in, in, in L.A. is, is, is going to do some damage and some quick damage. And if they don't get there, they're tall, lengthy defensive ends uh, out there. They're really going to put a stop to any type of passing game uh, that you're going with. So I got LA making the playoffs at seven and three. All right. Seven and three. That's a, that's the highest number for the Wildcats yet. Vince, you want to take it higher? Oh wait, no, you already have two, eight and two teams in the West. There's no way you have the Wildcats finishing in the playoffs. Do you have them go nine and one? <laughs> no, no, I do not. I got them at three and seven. Uh, there's, you talked about identity crisis. Um, you know, I could see that in, in LA, you know, you guys are talking to me about how you think that, you know, they think that they have, you know, enough, you know, wide receiver talent and they go to Josh Johnson. Then late you hear reports that they're going to, they're going to feature the fullback and they're going to, you know, they're going to try to run it right at people. You know, well, well, what are you? I mean, are you really that balanced that you could, you could pull that off? Um, and, and defensively, I'll say this, you know, the, the whole Oakman thing kind of bothers me and that, you know, they kick him off the team then he's back on the team. I mean, it just doesn't doesn't seem right there. You know, I, I don't I'm not in the locker room like Bryant. I, I couldn't tell you, you know, exactly what, what was going on in that situation. But it, it just seems like, you know, you know, maybe there, there could be some trouble in that camp. And I just just don't have a lot of faith. All right. Well, there you have it. Those are the picks for each team's record. 
going into the 2020 season. That leaves us with our playoff matchups. And according to my sheet here, based off the records I gave every team in the matchups, I had New York as my number one coming out of the East with Tampa Bay as the two seed. And Houston is the one seed in the West. And L.A. is the two seed. And in my playoff winners, I have Tampa Bay edging New York. Tough to beat a team three times in one season. I think Tampa Bay is going to beat New York in the Eastern Final. And I have Houston over L.A. in the West. Jake, what about you? Uh, yeah, in the East, I have Tampa Bay at D.C. And in the West, I've got L.A. at Dallas. Uh, I think DC is going to be coming out for the championship game, and I have I have a big upset of the Wildcats defeating the Dallas Renegades to make the championship game. So your title game is DC and, the, and LA. Yes. Defenders and Wildcats for Jake, Houston and Tampa Bay for me in my championship game. Let's take it to Vince. Who you have winning in the? playoff conference championship round Vince I, I got DC uh, edging out I believe I said the, the Vipers I think I said that we're going to make the playoffs so I got DC in the championship game in the east and then I'm going to have Dallas over Houston in the west that leaves us with you Bryant conference title games east and then west uh, I'm going to have Tampa Bay hosting DC and I'm going to have Houston hosting Los Angeles. And I think it's going to be a Tampa Bay, L.A. Uh, championship game. Tampa Bay, L.A. championship game for Bryant. Now, time for the moment we've all been waiting for. Who do we each have winning the XFL championship? Our preseason predictions coming to a close here. I will start, Jake, and then you could go. I'm picking the Houston Roughnecks to win the XFL championship in 2020 over the Tampa Bay Vipers. And I'm going to say that the same team that kicks it all off on Saturday is going to finish it off with D.C. defenders. D.C. beating L.A. for Jake Vince. How about you? Uh, I've been flip-flopping all day on this. I, I am going to go with the Dallas Renegades over D.C. defenders and uh, just be a classic game. So you have Bob Stoops winning it all. You can't even believe he's in the league and you have him picking you picking him to win the whole thing. Anything can happen in the XFL. Uh, you know, this certainly proves it. Uh, I just aren't going to be able to believe my eyes this weekend, and I, I cannot wait for it. I don't know how much research <laughs> Vince did. I think he picked. I think Vince picked Dallas right the second they picked Stoops as their coach. I <laughs> <laughs> so what do we have here, Alan? We have you picking. Uh, I have Houston, Houston. Jake, DC, yeah. Vince, Dallas. Well, I'm going with Tampa over LA in the championship, believe it or not. I just think Mark Trestman might outcoach everyone when it comes to the playoffs uh, and, and take Tampa Bay to victory. Do you want to record uh, you just saying LA wins and then we'll send that to Moss and make him think, make Coach Winston Moss think you picked LA so he doesn't get mad at you? We can do that off air. I'll just send that directly to him. I'll just send him a text. That's fine. You can send him a text, can't you? I can oh, wait, no. I'm gonna, we got to hit up our friends at XFL.com. Put the headline at the very front of the page. Bryant doesn't pick L.A. to win the championship. Moss goes crazy. 
<laughs> so there, we all had four different teams winning the XFL championship, though. I have Houston. Bryant has Tampa Bay. Jake, you have DC. Vince has Dallas. I think that's pretty indicative of what I've been saying. Parity, tough to call. Preseason, I mean, going into year one, obviously, is going to be an issue trying to pick winners, Vince. But I love it. Four different winners from all four of us. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, you know, I, yeah, I did pick Dallas to win, but I, you know, you could probably name, you know, five or six teams. Probably, I'd say probably five, and I, w- I wouldn't be surprised if they won the whole thing. Just say seven. Just say seven other no, teams. No, I said no, anywhere I said. between five and eight teams have a shot at winning this thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you have it. Our preseason predictions for the XFL going into the 2020 season. And now that all they have to do is play the entire season. Let's do this. It starts this weekend, February 8th, closer than ever, Jake. We're closer now than we were at the start of the show. Yeah, we are even after all those predictions. Yes, and all of them are locked in. You can't change them. And if you're wrong, may you look like an poop for all eternity. That does it for this episode. On our next episode, of course, remember the new schedule. We have Tuesday mornings for you, new episodes. And then, of course, Thursday evenings, late Thursday evenings, will be our second show each week. And that will be our preview show for each week, week to week. And this week, it's week one. So that means, Vince, four different games to preview and predict. Yeah, this is what I've been waiting for ever since this league started. It is a game week. And I cannot wait to break down these matchups here, really just to uh, finally start talking some real football that's going to be played. Yeah, I know. I I cannot wait. I cannot wait for that first game kickoff in D.C. We're going to be there. It is going to be magical. It's been a long road, but we're almost finally here. I want to thank Jake Payne and the St. Louis Battlehawks for letting us ride the Payne train and learn a little bit more about that St. Lou defense that I think is going to be absolutely ferocious. Bryant, you got a glimpse at the Battle Hawks. I know LA doesn't play them till later down in the season, but how hyped are you for this Sunday? The the cherry on top, St. Louis and Dallas should be a slobber knocker. Uh, week seven, uh, to to be specific about when they play, uh, it is going to be a, a, a great games all around. Really, nothing that I wouldn't want to watch as a football fan in general, but especially since I've been on this long road. Alan, I will say this to all of our listeners out there that are just listening for the first time: uh, remember to follow us on Twitter at XFL Show. You can find our show every single week at XFL.com or on YouTube.com/XFL. Yes, we are there on XFL.com. And, of course, if you ever want to just know exactly what's going on, Vince will tell you, go to XFL.com slash rules. Is that still your homepage, or are you just strictly on the app now, Vince? Well, I'm still – there is a rules section on the app, which I do enjoy, uh, so that I, I can view it <laughs> on my mobile device. But, you know, if I'm on a, a home computer pulling up a web browser, I'm still using XFL.com slash rules. Yep, and also go to footballadvisorynetwork.com if you really want to dive deep and talk to your fellow football fans and also let the league hear directly from you if you have any ideas or thoughts on anything going on with the XFL or football in general. Uh, They set that up for fans, the Football Advisory Network, to really be heard. And that's what has been really interesting that we were able to get involved with the league because they were listening to us. You could be heard from too. Go to footballadvisorynetwork.com and start chatting with football fans right now you could do it through the app as well that new app is out 
Uh, Jake, anything left to say before we head on out and get ready for this uh, this weekend's slate of games? Uh, I'm just trying to think of Mr. XFL a little bit more. Maybe <laughs> I want to change my pick. How about, how about you just say we're closer than ever and let's get out of here? <laughs> a lot of us are closer than ever than, than they actually realize right now. You don't even realize how close we are. It's, before you know, and Saturday's going to be here. That ball's going to be kicked, and uh, we're we're going to actually be watching football, a uh, football league we've been talking about now for over two years. It's all a reality this weekend. But before then, we do have one more show to do and uh, preview some football games. I cannot wait. Thanks, everybody, for listening and subscribing on your favorite podcast application or listening to us here on XFL.com. We will see you late this Thursday night for Jake, for Vince, for Bryant. I'm Alan. This is the XFL Show. Remember, they're listening.